1: As you heard, we are the Armchair Superheroes. It is me, Pat Lane, as always, here with Taylor. Kyle's Taylor. We're so excited, man. We're so excited with, oh, God, this freaking show is so good.
0: There's just so much they leave us with every week. Like, the end of these episodes, I saw some meme on Twitter where it's like, um, um at the as soon as you see the police stand by, it's like Wanda in Age of Ultron, which just, like, destroys everything when Pietro dies. That's how yep. I feel. Like I, yep. I just I need more content. They keep leaving us on these like painfully good cliffhangers.
1: So good, so good. Oh, there's so much. There's so much to get to, to um, you know, to break down. But let's start. Let's start at the very beginning, before the episode even starts, in the previously on when they're talking about the things and they've done this before where they, they've done some previously on stuff and we've seen things differently. You know, on on a previously on uh, part, right? Uh, mm-hmm. they show Pietro, but not the Evan Winters Pietro, the Aaron Taylor Johnson Pietro from Age of Ultron, dying in Age of Ultron, which was interesting. So that's a little interesting thing there. Then they have the title. I think sequence. that was
0: so that you like could tell when he has when there's that part later. I, I was thinking the same thing, and I was like, why are they showing him? I think it's because when uh, she looks and he's got the bullet holes. I think it's for anybody who hasn't seen the movie to not be like, what in the world just happened? Like, why does he look like he got shot?
1: <laughs> Which does make sense. But he does say in the episode, I got shot like an idiot in the street, or I shot like a chump in the street. So he does say that in true, the episode. True. So I think I think that's intentional. They're they're intentionally putting that in there for some reason. And we'll see what that is, but but you know, we'll see why they do it. But I'm interested to see what the reason is for them doing that. Uh, and then you get to the mm-hmm. title sequence, and the title sequence is so good. You know Malcolm in the Middle style, of course. Uh, with the song, the song is a banger. And then you got Agnes with the naughty bum. Uh, that's that's good. But Agnes makes the Agnes <laughs> makes the title card, which is the first time she's done that. And then you get Pietro as himself. That was weird. That was just like I'm like, wait a second. Everyone else gets introduced, and he gets introduced as himself. It's just it's very. It was very strange to me.
0: I thought. Yeah, like uh, there's so much stuff that could really be going on with him, and it's really confusing because there's certain times where, like, like I know we talked about it. He has a few moments in this episode where he makes some kind of weird allusions. Like he mentions hell. He says that Westview is um something like it's comfy as or like a uh, co- cozy as hell or something like that. Yeah. And then he calls the kids demon spawns, yep. which obviously like their whole like we talked about in a uh, couple shows ago how the kids whole backstory in the comics is that they were basically shards of this demon and kind of, they, they used him, or I'm sorry, the Mephisto used the kids to siphon Wanda's powers. So they're kind of giving you enough to make you think that he could possibly be Mephisto. But at the same time, there's certain things like he, he has Pietro's memories, which is pretty odd. Some of them Wanda doesn't remember so there's there's so little consistency with him and i think they do it on purpose because they want you to have no idea obviously what direction he's coming from but i just i can't see him being you know regular old pietro but i don't know maybe where we're thinking it they're clearly in our heads with all this all these meta references and everything the kick-ass reference everybody knows
1: yes that was
0: that blew my mind i was like i didn't even realize it was a marvel property. Until I I didn't i't realize later, they were so both in like, it.:
1: How weird is it that they were both they played the same character, and they were both in the same kick-ass movie. That's pretty cool.
0: Bizarre. And also yeah. for the intro I saw on Twitter, someone pointed out that, because uh, you mentioned the previously on stuff, every to- after every episode, Wanda's voice gets less, you know peppy and happy. Like she starts to sound more kind of annoyed as no, the previously true. ons go on, so it's like you can tell she's literally in full control. It's crazy. The attention to detail in the show. I mean, it's Marvel. We expected it. But, like, getting it week in, week out and seeing the amount of consistency and just how how attentive they are to everything and how well they know their audience, man. I love this show.
1: Oh, it's okay, right? <laughs> so, so let's dive into the Pietro stuff a little bit because I think you're right there. And, and there are some moments, right? And so, you know, at the beginning of the episode when they come through and it's – uh is it billy right billy is the one that's kind of like uh kind of like wanda right so right at the beginning pietro's snoring on the couch billy says tommy wait don't wake him up and he's like what are you afraid of him and billy has powers now we don't realize this at the time he doesn't even know this at the time but he does have powers i wonder now he's a little afraid of him like maybe he should be a little afraid of him wanda almost seems like she's doesn't really trust who he is so i feel like they know that something's going on subconsciously and they're not really sure what it is so that's a little clue there i feel like then he also when he springs up out of the couch right and and he, ju- he gets in their face he says to them blood is thicker than water i'll show you which is which is just a it's a weird line like i know like and they play him off. He's played off as, like, the Malcolm in the Middle, like, older brother, like, annoying, saying loud things, and, like, you know, being, mm-hmm. being like, purposely annoying. But he's also, like, the things that he's saying are strange. Like, unleash hell, demon spawn. Like you said, like, they're, they're going trick-or-treating, he's like, unleash hell, demon spawn. And, like, he's joking, you think. But, like, at the same time, it's like, well, there's got to be, there might be some meaning behind those words. You know what I mean? So... It's uh it's interesting. And and uh I think you know he could be almost like trying to replace vision, which is interesting and it's a little strange, of course, but it but it's like you know, he's he's almost like what vision has to leave, and he's like, oh, I'll be the father figure, like you know, no big deal, like whatever. So he's he's trying to get in with the kids, be like that kind of father figure, be there for Wanda, and he's trying to get all this information out of Wanda too. And it's kind of cool because of course we want that information too, but he's trying to get this info out of her and he's like, no, this is cool. Like, Hey, you do what you got to do. You know, it's fine. But it's just, it's very strange. It's just, he himself is a strange character. There's a ton of stuff going on and you're looking at it like what, you know, what's happening there. And the, the last thing I want to say is he talks about what he wants to do, you know, and he's like, Oh, I'm here to do this. And I'm here to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, cause a ruckus with the kids and the father you know and my brother-in-law and he's like I'm here to give you grief ultimately that's what you want right which is in, it's an interesting line because obviously give you grief means like to give you a hard time but Wanda right now is grieving the loss of her brother and her husband lover whatever the hell wish vision is right like and so you know she's she's putting off that grief by pushing it away right, and pretending it doesn't exist, and so that line "I'm here to give you grief might be like I want to crack through this and like make you deal with the grief, and I think that that will ruin you basically, and i you know that's a stretch, of course, but like it's you know I kind of almost I heard that line and i like I kind of brushed it off the first time I watched it, and then the more I watched it again, I'm like, you know what, dude. It's interesting he says it just like that, you know, because because uh, grief is something that she's that she's you know uh, doing so much to avoid, you know.
0: Yeah the 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 only thing that kind of confuses me with that a bit is like he even mentions um if I found Shangri La I wouldn't want to remember either so like right. he addresses that she's suppressing her trauma and even like the it's weird that if he is you know Mephisto if he actually is someone other than who he says he is it's just so bizarre that he would use someone else's face where like she very clearly doesn't recognize him like she's very sussed out so you think that you know some evil force would be smarter than to make himself seem like he's you know someone who shouldn't be trusted right off the bat that just seems like a weird thing to do so and again, we we know it could be a multiverse thing. It could be an in-universe thing, because um, we've already seen Marvel kind of uh, trick us with the multiverse in Spider-Man. We know the multiverse is coming at some point with Wanda. Right. We just don't know how exactly yet. And Pietro, obviously, Herb, I think, is the only person in the town who has shown that he really, outside of Agatha and Pietro, who seem to address, like, do you want you know, the fact that Juan is in yes. control because he says, do you want something changed? Right. But obviously, Agatha has her moments. We'll get to her later. But then Pietro obviously is fully seeing through this. Like, he knows exactly what's going on. He just doesn't know how she did it. But even the way he asks, like, when, he's, when, he, uh, when they're sitting in the town square and he's like, I'm impressed. You know, this is – and he explains the rules of the reality. But he seems to be the only one who fully knows. You know, Agatha kind of alluded to it in the episode where she was like, do you want me to start from the top? But even she hasn't acknowledged how deep this thing goes. Like, we didn't know that Wanda was literally keeping people in their beds and trying not to, like, traumatize children. And Pietro seems to be okay with it. Now, the Pietro Pietro that we saw in Age of Ultron didn't seem like the kind of guy who'd be on board with taking an entire town hostage. And even in the X-Men universe, um, that Quicksilver was more just – he was funny, you know, he was – you know, sarcastic, but he wasn't, like, sadistic, you know? And right. Quicksilver does have a background as a villain, but he hasn't been portrayed that way outside of the beginning of Age of Ultron. So, man, and it, plus Evan Peters has his history with American Horror Story. Like, he's played bad guys before. He's done a great job of it. So, I mean, you keep getting all these versatile actors with all this possible background. Like, I'm I'm, I'm guessing we're going to get more information next episode since the hex has really gotten bigger in the last we saw of Pietro. Wanda was like, "All right, you need to shut up now because you went too far," and she blasted him into a right. a stack of hay. So we still don't really know where their relationship is going to end up.
1: Well, but and uh, that, yeah, man, just, yeah, man, it's it's so interesting, and I think too, like, so with him, right? And you start looking at it, and you wonder, like, yeah, why does he have a different face? And he even says, like, you know, this is what you wanted me to be. But first of all, she's never seen that guy before; she has no idea who the hell he is, right? So that doesn't. It's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's foolish, right? What are the odds that she just pick a random person and it's like, oh, I just happened to pick this guy who also played, it's like, what? You know, I wonder, and it, this is like way out there, right? But let's just stay with me for a second here. You know, what if it is Mephisto? He went to the alternate timeline. He grabbed Quicksilver from that alternate timeline and brought him here, right? And is possessing right. him to do what he wants him to do. So he has those same powers. He looks the same way. He runs the same way. Does, But he's now possessing him to kind of be that. You see what I'm saying? So now whether that's true or not, of course, who knows, right? But it's like – but that would seem to be like you need him because he has those powers. You know what I mean? Like Mephisto, yeah, is like the demon or whatever. But can he make someone have super speed like Quicksilver does? Like I don't know. You know what I mean? So like – so yeah, you could just – give a random person, but would that random person have the same powers that her brother has? Um, and so, again, that's way out there, and who the heck knows if that's true or not. But I will say one weird thing, and you mentioned about how he talks about the town and stuff. It's strange that he talks like the town like he knows it. He talks about it like he knows it. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, you kept the people together. You kept the families together. You, they have better jobs than they had before. Like, you know, the, the kids weren't a- around the this- he de- how does he know any of that stuff? He doesn't know who the people are. He doesn't know that the family's together. He has no idea. You know what I mean? So it's like it's weird that he would have that information without being given it earlier. Right? So it's almost like how does he know what she's done if he's been there for like a day? You know?
0: Right. And he's still – we don't know what his actual personality is like. As far as we know, we've only seen him in – the context of the show, and Wanda brings everybody in, she, clearly she doesn't have control, so we don't really know, is this right. a matter of Wanda not being able to, or just not understanding exactly how much information that she gave him, because clearly, like, Agatha is someone else, although she's clearly a suspicious character, because she's the only one on the board that they did who wasn't identified, so she doesn't, and right. especially when Vision said the town you grew up in, you know, we know that there's something up with characters who clearly know what's going on, but we also don't fully know if this is his personality, um, although he's more cure- well, actually, no, Agatha did ask, um, when Sparky died about bringing people back from the dead and obviously vision being a corpse, like death and everything is very important. Agatha brought up death again, this episode. Yep. Um, so we don't even know for sure what this guy's personality is like outside the context of the sitcom, because we haven't gotten to see that, that vision thing where he puts his head on the temple and then the person snaps out of it. So, right. Uh, I'm so that frustrated be, like, getting down these rabbit holes and I'm like we're going to find out it's just a couple of weeks but I need to know now
1: <laughs> that would be real interesting right him giving a little temple a little temple shot to uh, to uh, Pietro it might be really interesting who knows if that's coming or not but uh, let's you would talk about Agnes let's get into Agnes a little bit she obviously only has her one scene um, with Vision I think uh, I don't know if you agree with me it sounds like you do but I think she was there intentionally She put herself in that spot Mm -hmm. um, and she was she was there on purpose. And I think that she is trying to draw Vision to the edge of town and then push him out of town. Um, And the reason for that is because she wants Wanda to now use her power to extend the hex further. And now she's, you know, as she uses more of that power, now she gets more into the Hex and, you know, there's more things going on. And then she's kind of frazzled and there's all the things kind of falling apart. And as this world falls apart around Wanda, there's only bad things for Wanda waiting when things fall apart. And so I think, you know, trying to push her to that brink and go from there. It was very strange because she, the way she responded to Vision when he like, when he you know, takes her out of it or whatever. She's first of all talking now, f- number one, she's dressed up as a witch, which, which I, which that was clever. Um, you know, and then he pulls her out of it and then she like reaches for her brooch right away, which was interesting. That was a little thing where she like almost reached for her chest. Like she was reaching for a brooch that wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. And then she, how she says like dead, dead. like she, she's not, she's not under the spell anymore. Like who the hell would do that? Which it was just a bizarre right. thing. You know, it was like strange. So, I just thought that was really interesting um, with her. And so, again, I think she was there intentionally to try to push Vision out. But I don't know. What do, you, what do you think?
0: I It's tough because clearly we know Catherine Hahn is such a famous actress and so talented. And she's getting such small bits in these episodes where we don't know what her motivation is. We barely really get to know more about her outside of the episodes where she started to acknowledge where she was we there's so little that we know and like you said like when norm snapped out of the illusion he didn't like go crazy and he wasn't on some weird loop he just panicked the way that you would expect for someone who's been in a dream state where they were aware of what was happening the whole time but right. yeah I agatha the way that she said dead dead and then she starts laughing at the end like that was bizarre as hell and i don't understand what it was about also the fact that she was in the opening credits and you could see I uh, she had the na- also I don't know why they're like hypersexualizing her not that I think it's like a weird thing I think Marvel's smarter than that but it, there has to be some soma- thematic reason for that cuz like they mentioned her libido a couple episodes yeah. ago she had the naughty jeans which obviously like you know in the early 2000s those sweatpants are really famous the the juicy on the butt right. um I don't know what what is with that but like there's a lot of distinct character traits she has that they just don't really expand on they kind of leave you going like, what the hell is going on with this character? Like, she's clearly one of the main people. And like you said, she doesn't even show up but one time in the episode. And right. then um, Vision says the town you grew up in, even though she doesn't have the ID and clearly wasn't an actual member of Westview. So right. I think we got a lot more, obviously, you know, and again, it's Katherine Hahn. She's been getting such high billing. You know that she's more than just the annoying neighbor. Like, there's something going on. Right. But we have so little context to actually weed together and say, okay, she's definitely this, she's definitely that, which just leads me to believe that at some point some crazy is going to happen with her um, because we just haven't gotten enough. And all we really know so far about her is that she – understands what's kind of going on in the context of being inside this reality. And then again, when she snapped out of it, that just reaction was so odd. And the way that she responded to vision, like, I don't know what her deal is. There is the fact that Pietro came in as Wanda and vision really were starting to fight. I'm not sure if that was a Wanda thing or if someone brought him in to create a rift between uh, her and vision, Right. Because the tension between them, like in this episode, the, the, the previous episode we saw was the first time they really almost came to blows. And Vision was like, stop bullshitting me. Like, what is yes. going on? I know you're lying and you're hurting people. I don't have my memories. This isn't right. But this episode was much more passive aggressive. And, you know, especially with the Malcolm in the middle. Like, if you watched it, you know that the dad and the wife in that show were just like always on the same page. They got along very well. Yeah. They had that kind of moment in the beginning where he goes, Chidi Konkane, you know? like They had that like sexual tension yeah. and it was a very stable couple for Malcolm in the Middle and you didn't really see them fight that often. So it made it stand out to me even more because I was a big Malcolm in the Middle fan so all the thematic stuff kind of clicked. But seeing that tension between Wanda and Vision was definitely, you know, off-putting given the context of what show they were clearly trying to make us think of. Right. So maybe that's an Agatha thing, trying to like you said, trying to get vision outside of the border. But it's weird because she didn't know that he was just going to go around exploring and, you know, it's kind of random to just have the car. Like, I don't know. There's so many small threads and they have so much room to work with and breathe and it's marble, so they know that they don't have to rush anything and they can take their time. And all the payoffs so far, anything that we didn't know that they have explained, I haven't had any complaints. Like it's all good quality, doesn't feel rushed, doesn't feel like, you know, they just wanted to get an answer out there. Like you can tell there's a ton of attention and a lot of care that went into this, so
1: Right. I agree. With
0: Agatha especially, we got a lot more coming up. We we certainly do.
1: We certainly do, and so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with her. I want to talk about vision before we do that. Let's go outside the hex for a minute. I want to talk about. Obviously, we got a little bit of Jimmy um, and and Monica and Darcy. Hayward,
0: Jimmy man, kicked some ass.
1: He sure did, dude. He sure did. Uh, that was a good scene. That was a good scene. You know, how, how come no one told me the plan? That was great, you know. But um, but you know, look, I, I think that Hayward, I think, is pretty clearly a bad guy. Um, you know, certainly not a hero for sure, mm-hmm. but I wonder if his intentions aren't, aren't actually like bad. Um, and so a good friend of the podcast, uh, Ken border who hosts the JKLOL podcast. Um, he did some digging, he did some digging. He sent me, he sent me a, 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 a screenshot. And so I passed it along to you because I was blown away and I had no idea what the hell he was talking about, but I'm going to share it with you guys as well. Um, and so here we go. So just very, very briefly, um, you see on screen Monica, when she pulls up Monica's, uh, blood work before she gets to her, she clicks over two things. And one of them is a name and I'm not sure what the name was. The other one is project. And I, I believe it's OF four, five, six is the name of the project. Okay. Now, Ken believes that this is. Somehow connected to Project Deathlock, which you had mentioned was mentioned in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but essentially, Project Deathlock is a super soldier serum that brings guys back from the dead. And it's all run by Hydra. And so, why would this particular thing be in Hayward's computer? I think we're setting Hayward up. I think this, this episode and last episode are, are pretty clearly setting Hayward up as, as an antagonistic figure. Right. He is there. Mm-hmm. He's working for SWORD, but he does not have pure intentions. He does not want to see what, ha- you know, he does not want to see anything good necessarily happen. And meanwhile, he's tracking vision the whole time. He has mm-hmm. a look at the people inside, he's tracking vision. There's something fishy going on. Like, what the heck is that about? He's he's checking every—how the hell how can he see in there? And he didn't tell anyone he could see in there. And he's also, you know, he's keeping an eye on what Vision's doing. He can see where everyone is at every moment. I thought that was really interesting. I have no idea how the hell he did that. So that's going to be something we're going to find out. But the question is, you know, is he actually going to be, like, a bad guy? or is he just like a good guy but going about this the wrong way and i feel like i feel like we can look at it and just say hey like you know he's, he's not really a nice guy you know uh and mm-hmm. then additionally after that you get the, you know the three of them obviously with darcy and monica and and jimmy and she's obviously looking for things on the computer they go to to meet her contact who we're going to meet next week now who that is it's up for debate we don't know i'm not even going to guess at this point i don't even care i just want i just like I'm so excited to see who it is that I don't even want to guess because I know I'm going to be wrong. So, like, whatever. But Paul Bettany did say, okay, I said I wasn't going to guess, and now I'm going to guess. So, Paul (laughs) Paul Bettany did say that he got to work with an actor he's always respected but never worked with before. And Magneto is supposedly her dad. So, what if, what if the person she's going to meet with is Magneto? And that would be wild. And that would be like completely, I don't know how the hell she would have gotten in contact with him or whatever, but like, you know, I don't know, maybe he's undercover or something else. She doesn't know he's Magneto. I don't know, but that might be a wild, uh, kind of a wild theory that I thought was interesting, uh, whether it be Fastbender or more likely Ian McKellen, um, you know, as, uh, as, uh, as Magneto. So anyways, I just thought that was interesting. And then of course now Darcy is in the heck. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with her, uh, next week I'm I'm excited to see like what's going on with Darcy in the uh, in the circus, you know?
0: Yeah, and this is gonna supposed to be like the modern family area television show, so we're not gonna see like old school Darcy like we saw with Monica, but right. it is gonna be interesting to see what Wanda makes her character and you know how she acts in that regard. Yes. And going back to Hayward, he's definitely weird. Like also the fact that when Vision was out of the barrier and started decaying, Hayward didn't look that concerned which I thought was kind of, I mean, clearly he doesn't care about Vision's well-being, but I think his big motivation is clearly, I'm guessing maybe he's trying to bring back Ultron or something because the whole thing with Vision being dissected on the table and him tracking him, I'm sure that he sees Wanda as having stolen their property and clearly being a threat. And with Marvel, they do such a good job of Especially more so now than they did earlier of not having two-dimensional villains who it's like I you know it's, it's I just want this one thing and there's no there's no real reason behind it because we even got allusions to him mentioning the blip and when he said you don't know what it was like to keep the trying to keep the lights on right. so he's clearly worried about something he's got his concerns. And I think maybe it feels like it would be redundant necessarily to bring back Ultron as like a protective thing, uh, because that is exactly why Tony Stark did it, and obviously everybody knows how that went. But I'm not sure Hayward is like an evil guy. I really do think that he just he's starting to remind me of Bolivar Trask, who was the um, uh, Peter Dinklage played him in X Men: Days of Future Past. In mm-hmm. the comic books, he is um, I believe he's a scientist slash politician kind of guy who was very much against mutants. He created the Sentinel program where they can hunt down and eliminate um, mutants based on the X gene that all the mutants share. And what he's doing in the way that he's talking, because he very much sounds like he's prejudiced because he mentions um, how Monica has a history of sticking up for superpowered people and mentions right. Captain Marvel, which we still don't know what went down there, but clearly he has an agenda against people with superpowers. And that sounds a lot like what we got with uh, In X-Men, is a future past, and the whole X-Men kind of theme with people, you know, it's obviously an allegory for racism um, and prejudice, but that whole idea of this group of people are bad because they have more power than us and they're different, we have to find a way to take care of it. And the fact that he changed the name of S.W.O.R.D. from what it was in the comic books to Sentient Weapon Observation. I clearly he wants to monitor superpowered beings, and although the X Men haven't been introduced, I don't think they're necessarily going to be introduced for a while on a grand scale to where I think he would be starting the Sentinel program. It just seems like a very similar kind of thought process where he's trying to just uh, beyond the Sokovia Accords, try to stay on top of superpowered individuals. But it's almost weirder because in the five years with the Blip, things were bad, but the, as far as we know, there was no you know, super powered beings running around causing mayhem or anything. It was just five years of having to rebuild after everybody blinked out of existence. So. Right. Again, the, the show has given us little, little chunks and things to go off of. Um, I, I do, I'm starting to like Hayward. I thought he was kind of boring and one dimensional early on. I figured that they were going to flesh him out a little bit because he's like the eighth character on the totem pole that they need yeah. to really like focus their attention on. So, um, and he's also not a super high profile actor, so I'm not sure that he's how much uh, importance they're actually going to give him, but I do like that they're starting to kind of i guess give us more background into why he is the way he is but his no, intentions no, no, no. as far as that I, I think it's definitely got something to do with um policing super powered people
1: that makes sense and and you say about the blip and and how they're you know not necessarily any super powered people after that, but you know you, you certainly you could see how someone would blame super, super superheroes and super powered people for the blip in the first place. Right. And so, uh, that is something where you could look at it and say, well, he just thinks that happened because we have, you know, superheroes and super powered people. And so we don't, you know, to prevent something like that from happening again, we need to keep an eye on all of these super powered people. Right. So, um, and so that's, you know, so we'll see. And the last thing that, that one thing I forgot to mention was that we didn't see what cataract was. Um, obviously cataract was the thing that she got on the, uh, on the last, you know, when she broke through her last fi- his last firewall, but she did email it to Jimmy Woo. So even though Darcy's gone, Jimmy Wu is going to get that information. Um, so whether we find out what it is next episode or the episode after, or even in the last episode, at some point, we're going to find out what the actual motives are behind what he's doing. Um, and so I think that's obviously going to tell us a lot of information and, and you might be right. You might be right that he is, he is a a sort of Traskian type figure. So, um, listen, the last guy to get to is vision because vision, I think more than anything, this is such a huge vision episode, right? Um, obviously he started figuring out what's going on. He's at the edge of town and it's so eerie that one scene really kind of, Just pulls at the heartstrings, right? When he sees the woman and the man stuck in that kind of like loop, and where she's just trying to put Mm -hmm. the thing on the thing, and he's trying to put the pumpkin down, and she's got like the tear rolling down her cheek. Like it's like horrifying when you see that. And then, of course, everyone else at the end of town is just frozen. And so it's really just, it's almost like it reminded me of. If you go to, like, an animatronic place, like, uh, you know, like Chuck E. Cheese's or something like that that's been broken down. Yeah. And, you know, they're just kind of there, right? And some of them are moving a little bit, and some of them aren't moving at all. And that's kind of what it reminded me of because, you know, she's controlling these people, but they're on the outside of her control. Now, what's interesting is that they weren't so much on the outside of her control that she didn't have them all ready to go for Halloween. They were all out for Halloween. It's not like they're all in their houses. So they were all out and ready to go, but she's distracted. Now, whether she's distracted by vision leaving and her plans being screwed up or whether she's distracted by Pietro being there or whether she's distracted by the kids having powers for the first time, like, I don't know why she's distracted, but clearly she got these people ready to go out. They went out trick or treating or they went out to get their to get their you know houses set up and ready to go. But now she's lost control of them somehow, right? And so I think it's because her focus isn't on them. But I, it's just, it's a very, very bizarre thing. And, you know, so we'll see what happens with them. And I don't know if we'll, if we'll ever find out what happens with them. But I, I thought that that was fascinating to kind of see that her reach is, has limits, right? But mm-hmm. that vision scene, and we talked about this, right, where the vision was, was actually recreated or simply just a, you know, an image, right? Um, and clearly, right, he's not real. He's dead. Um, and so he is just an image inside of the hex. But the way that they did it was better than I could have possibly imagined them doing it. I thought maybe they would, you know, they'd do it to a point where, like, he'd come out and he'd fall down and he'd be dead. or whatever. But the way he's getting, like, ripped back into the hex and he's, like, begging them for help, it just—it was so unbelievable. Like, what an absolute—just— the visuals were unbelievable and you know of course that brings mm-hmm. Darcy out of her tent and she's yelling and then so they you know so that's why she ends up getting stuck there but uh, just just an absolutely unbelievable job by them doing that and now of course the question is what is he going to remember when he wakes up and mm-hmm. is he going to now turn against Wanda and there's there's a, a reference to that which I'll bring up in a minute but I want to hear your thoughts
0: it's it's strange. This was the first time that we actually saw somebody try to leave the Hex and get pulled back in. So I wasn't sure. Like, obviously, everything she creates in the reality, as they've already addressed, becomes real. But the fact that Vision wasn't even able to leave, I'm not sure if that's part of what Wanda did because she wants him to stay there or what. But I think that uh, it's kind of tough because they have that – they have a TV spot where he's where um he says – Uh, basically let's fight for our home and it's in the modern era of television. Like he looks totally normal and he's, he's as vision. He isn't even pretending to be human or anything. So that could be a misdirect. Maybe he's not really working with Wanda and he's really trying to, you know, free everyone else. And he is against her. Um, But I can't, I can't imagine that vision after what he's seen, um, and being outside of it and saying that people need help and we know that Vision is very um, he's very uh, strong in his beliefs and he tries to do what he believes is right regardless whether he's the real Vision or not. So I really can't see unless somebody straight up attacks Wanda and tries to kill her, um, I'm not really sure. I, I can't see him being on her side because she's right. completely in the wrong. And even yes. how she told him in the 90s, Uh, era episode 80s 90s era where she uh, says like you think i'm getting them the dentist appointments on time and mentioning like i can't possibly be in control of all these people but then when pietro brings it up to her and he lays out the rules of how she did it she isn't surprised like she doesn't know how she did it but she does understand that there are some people who um you know she very much made an effort to keep out of the main illusion So, not even sure how much of the truth she's telling. Like, I believe that she doesn't know what happened, but she clearly is orchestrating it to the degree that she wouldn't even tell Vision about.
1: Right. That's true. 100%. So, I will say, so this is the last thing, the the last kind of Vision-related thing I wanted to bring up was, after the commercial, which I thought was uh, weird, to say the least, a little haunting, Um, I think, I think... You know, it, it's it's a they're kind of talking about Wanda using her magic or trying to use her magic to avoid, you know, this this incredible intense pain that she has, and that that magic just not being enough to avoid that, um, and and being engulfed by that pain anyways, no matter what. But there is a an antagonistic person telling them that. That magic will get her out of it is what I think that they're alluding to in that commercial. Now, whether that's true or not, I have no idea, but that's that's kind of what I got out of it, right? She's got the magic. He's got the magic. He's trying to open it and he can't open it and he dies, but he was given to it by a shark, right? So it seems like seems like that's kind of what they were hinting at at that one, but who knows? It's a we really haunting commercial. But anyways, um, right when they come back after commercial, they're walking past a movie theater and right behind them course there's two there's two uh, movies on the uh, on the billboard there whatever whatever you call it um and they are the incredibles and the parent trap and that was bizarre i was like wait a second the incredibles i, I had to google it because i'm like i know they didn't come out the same time but i'm like well maybe it's like a year or two <laughs> no incredibles came out in 04 parent Trap came out in 98 of course if you're talking about the um the lindy lohan one and i, so I was like that's bizarre well right after that we find out that Tommy has powers, right? Like almost Mm -hmm. immediately after that, we find out that Tommy has powers. So they're foreshadowing, I think, The Incredibles, which is a family of superheroes. Here we have a family of superheroes. So that to me is that first foreshadowing almost instantaneously. And then the parent trap, people are like, oh, well, people are trapped in the hex. No, that's not it. To me, it's more about what the movie is about. The parent trap, for those of people that haven't seen it, First of all, you should go watch it because it's, it's a super cute movie. But for those yes. people that haven't seen it, um, it's about two twins who, you know, were long lost or whatever, but met. And But the idea is that they try to bring their parents who do love each other but are separated or, you know, whatever, can't be together. They convince them to get back together, right, and get married again. And so I think that it's foreshadowing. Next episode, when Vision comes home, and of course, understandably so, is pissed off and is upset at Wanda and, you know, isn't having it basically with her excuses. And I think that what's going to try to happen, at least, is that the boys, the twins, are going to try to convince Vision to stay on Wanda's side, right? And to still be part of the family. And now, whether that's going to happen or not, of course, who knows? But that could be why. Right. We see that clip of them saying, well, let's fight for our home and if that's the case. Right. If the twins are able to convince him that, you know, he needs to stick around. Because I think ultimately with Mephisto, right, when you look at it and say, you know, if there is a Mephisto character. If you're able to get vision out of the picture. Now, Wanda, her, you know, her world is falling apart around her and then you're able to take the children away from her as well. Now all hell breaks loose. Right. Like literally. So. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, with vision there, whether it's, he's, whether he's a projection or not with vision there and with the kids there, they, they form a more united front as like, as a family against whatever bad, you know, bad things might be there. So, um, you know, I'm not sure of course, like how that's going to, how that's going to play out, but if i had to guess that's what i think that's why i think the parent trap was on there because the twins are going to work to try to bring to try to repair that relationship between one and vision
0: i actually really like that theory that makes a lot of sense because both of those movies are about you know coming together the power of family and you know the unity and all those things and like you know like i said there is that clip of vision saying Wanda says this is our home and vision says then let's fight for it it's just it's so bizarre because you know they're on very opposite sides, and it makes perfect sense. It's just another one of those redirects that you know Marvel throws at us, and especially the later we get into the show, you know, a lot of the TV spots have obviously been accurate, but the MCU also isn't. You know, they're very familiar with giving you things in the mm-hmm. trailers that don't actually show up in the product and trying to redirect you with clever editing. Sometimes they just fall on fake scenes, like they did in the Infinity right. War, with yep. uh, the whole thing with of everybody running at the camera. Yep. Yeah, it never even happened. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, we we still don't know, but I do like that idea of them somehow like coming together and fighting together. But the wildest part is, is that there's going to be at least you know two and a half hours of this that's basically going to be a Marvel movie because once they get through the two thousand tens, obviously we don't know what the show is going to become. We have right. no idea. Yep. And the surprises we already have, like I don't think anybody predicted that Wanda was going to say, you know what you know hex every not everywhere but like the way that she expanded right. it obviously we saw it i know my jaw was dropped i'm like what the hell yeah. you know and hayward just barely gets away he lost his entire camp with all the research and everything so i i love that this show just keeps you on the edge of your seat and doesn't really let you get comfortable with what to expect um but it's, 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 it makes it so much harder when we all want to speculate and things like that because they've done such a good job of not giving us enough to really go on and be like, oh, I know what's going to happen next episode because every single one has been a surprise.
1: Right. That's true. And and you know what I think really? Honestly, I think that the way Vision would turn back to Wanda's side right would be a situation where instead of fighting the people outside of Westview, they're fighting the people inside of westview and i think that that you know that needs to be that i think at least that that's the way that switch is going to happen where the mephisto or whatever character it is that is behind what's going on obviously wanda is doing all of this right but i think the pretty Mm -hmm. clear consensus for most people is that she is being manipulated in some way to do it and so, whatever character is behind that manipulation, I think that that's the character that they will bond together and fight because he's not going to fight Hayward. He's not, right? He's not fighting Hayward. He's not fighting mm-hmm. Jimmy Wu. He's not fighting Monica. Like, he's not fighting any of those people because he knows and believes that the people in that town deserve to be free of what's going on. However, if there is, you know, an entity that is fighting to destroy Wanda and the people in that town, and maybe even more than that, right? Which would probably be the Mm -hmm. case, you would think. That would be the entity that he he would want to fight. And so uh, we'll see, of course, what happens there, and of course, how that leads into Doctor Strange. A lot of people think that Doctor Strange is going to show up at the end of of this uh, series, which seems to make sense. Um, But, you know, who knows? I mean, it could be you know, the ending could be we fight this guy and then she is so devastated by the loss of Vision that she loses it and she loses her kids somehow and, you know, she she travels to an alternate multiverse to try to grab the Mind Stone and, and bring Vision back, right? I mean, who knows, right? I mean, there's, there's a million different options they could go, but I think that that's going to have to be because the fight between Hayward and, and Wanda, I don't think, I don't think, number one, I, I wouldn't want to see that because I don't want her to be all evil. And number two, mm-hmm. you can't sell Vision, like you said. Vision has a very clear set of rules, right? And maybe, because he's a projection, she could change those rules, but she doesn't really have control over him. She hasn't. So now, all of a sudden, she's going to get enough control over him to change his mind? I don't I don't see that happening. So to me, it's going to have to be that Mephisto character, or maybe it's just Agnes that's doing it. I don't know. Maybe she's the one pulling the strings. I'm not sure. But, you know... Whoever it is that's pulling the strings behind the scenes, I think that that's going to be, have to be the character that they unite to try to destroy.
0: So. Right, and I don't think we're going to get full-blown evil Wanda because I, know, I think that she's going to have some darkness. I'm, I'm sure that she's right. going to have a few scenes where like, she scares the hell out of us. But at least going off the theories, I know that people are saying that she's going to open up the multiverse and she's going to be the villain of Doctor Strange. But one thing I know... Um, this is kind of deep cut, and it seems unrelated. But Doctor Strange is going to be in Multiverse of Madness with uh, Scarlet Witch, and um, Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man. And from what I've heard, the whole plot of Spider-Man is that because of the whole thing where uh, he's a criminal now and he's on the run, they're going to take away from a comic book storyline called One More Day, um, where basically he makes a. It, it's actually funny. Peter makes a deal with Mephisto. Um, But I think in the movie, from what I've heard, he's going to go to Doctor Strange like right after what we saw with him on the run and try to fix it um, by erasing everyone's memory. And that's what's supposed to open up the multiverse and cause a bunch of problems. So Mm -hmm. that's another reason I'm not even so sure how much of the multiverse we're going to get in WandaVision. Like I'm still I'm still kind of convinced it might be something smaller scale. But at the same time. Just from what we saw yesterday and them kind of pressing the edge of the whole House of M-Arc where she gets rid of mutants and then she also gives everyone in the comics, like, their their fantasy and their deepest desire. And it's kind of thematically similar to what happened in Infinity War where you change the entire, you know, status of the world. So – right. Oh, see, it's another one of those. You can go down the rabbit (laughs) hole, but they have so much material to go on. There's so much that they can do that they've already surprised us with. So you can't really say that you have any idea what's going on. Because I didn't think that, again, the Hex, like, I didn't think that was going to happen. I think she was going to swallow up all of S.W.O.R.D. I don't even know who she's going to fight because it's not like S.W.O.R.D. can go inside the barrier. The only person who can do that, as far as we know, is Monica in terms of, like, having a vehicle that can put them inside without doing any type of crazy long-term damage or anything. Right, And from the TV spots, it looks like Monica goes in by herself. I'm not even sure Jimmy Woo was with her. So just a lot to learn in the next episode. I'm sure it's going to be the best one yet.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited about it. And we got, we got a special, we got, we got a, This is, this is, we got a special episode next week. So that's, uh, you know, we'll tease that out. We'll get a special episode next week. So you want to, want to make mm-hmm. sure you tune in for that next week. So, um, yeah. But listen, man, I, this has been a blast as always. Uh, there's a million, and like you said, my favorite part about this show is that there's a million different rabbit holes to go down. And I, I you know, the instant gratification of Netflix has, has has ruined people a little bit, where they they can't stick it out for week to week. And yes, it's tough. Okay, if you're listening to this on Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday, I get it. Right, we you know, waiting seven days is hard, but. It's fun because we're able to sit there and talk about what's going to happen next and where are we going to go next and what's going to go on. And, and listen, if you're an MCU fan, right? You've been doing this now, you know, and you've had to wait like six months to a year for the next thing to come out because you got a movie and then you break down the movie and you're like, all right, what's next? And you got to wait six months to a year. It's like you got to wait seven days. Like you can you can manage seven days, okay? So um, barely. You know, I know. I know.
0: It's tough, but enjoy <laughs> it,
1: you know, and and this is this is the best part about it is that we sit there and we talk about all these different places we can go down. And again, like I said last show, like, you know, we get 500 different alternate endings and probably none of them are going to be right. But, you know, what the heck? It's it's fun to it's fun to throw out ideas. So, but uh, exactly. But anyways, but thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And like I said, big marketease. We got a, We got a big show next week. We want to make sure you're paying attention and uh, we'll get we'll get some information to you out there on the Twitterverse. But uh, thanks for listening again. And we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Thanks, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.